I'm Michaela Plockner, Associate Editor of Precision Farming Dealer. Welcome to the latest episode of the Precision Farming Dealer podcast. New episodes of this series are available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to get an alert when upcoming episodes are released. Today I'm talking with Egino Cafiro, CEO and co-founder of Bear Flag Robotics. This California-based startup develops autonomous driving technology compatible with existing tractors. Deer and Company recently acquired Bearflag, a partnership that Kafiro says was a natural extension of the company's previous work together. Bearflag had been working with Deer since 2019 as part of Deer's Startup Collaborator Program, an initiative focused on working with startups with technology that could add value for Deer's customers. In this episode of the Precision Farming Dealer podcast, Kafiro discusses the acquisition, how dealers will interact with Bearflag's technology, what's next in the development of the company's autonomous offerings, and the future of farming. I'm here with Eugenio Kafiro, CEO and co-founder of Bearflag Robotics. Eugenio, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. So I thought we could start out by talking a little bit about Bear Flag Robotics and some of the history behind your company. Yeah, absolutely. So the easy way to think about Bear Flag is that we build autonomous technology for farm tractors. So what that means is that our, our group is in charge of building the tractors themselves. We um, build the technology that goes on them. And so, you know, previously um, we, we, you know, we were a an independent startup. And so we would source tractors from various you know, rental fleets or customers or dealerships. And we'd put that technology on those tractors and then deploy them to growers. Now, as your listeners may know, um, we announced that we were acquired by John Deere uh, last month. And so now obviously, you know, our charter has changed and we're working exclusively, you know, with John Deere equipment um, to help um, increase the velocity of taking autonomous equipment to market with John Deere. And how did you first get interested in autonomous farming? I'm an engineer um, by trade, and I met my co-founder, Aubrey, back at Carnegie Mellon, uh, gosh, nearly 20 years ago. Um, she's a mechanical engineer, I'm an electrical computer, um, and we'd done startups over the years and collaborated on projects. Um, and then in the summer of 2016, I had sort of finished previous employment, and I was I was spending time in rural Oregon uh, visiting my in-laws. And the cool thing about them is that um, they run a construction aggregates quarry. So basically they mine um, granite from the ground. And the thing about their operation is they own the land, they own all the equipment, it's completely paid off. They just can't find labor at wages that make sense for their operation. And so I was spending my time with them and understanding more about this labor crisis. And you look around, you see, you see the same labor scarcity in other industries too. So in trucking or construction, you know, mining, marine applications. And through that discovery journey, I got to know some farmers, took a bunch of trips out to various farms. Um, over the summer of 2017, you name a crop, we talked to someone who grows it all over the country and started hearing a lot of the same things. And the labor problem looks a little bit different. You know, if you're in sweet corn or tobacco or citrus or corn and soy, it's going to look a little bit different. Um, but we're hearing the same themes. And that's really where the thesis for Bear Flag came from. We're like, hey, let's take this tractor, which is the universal tool in agriculture, and let's make that autonomous so that we can help the most people possible. We can have the biggest impact. And that's really where the thesis for Bear Flag was born. And what are some of the issues that your technology is solving that are specific to agriculture? You think driverless tractor, I mean, it's, it's like, oh, it's just driving the tractor. And really, that's just the start of it, right? Um, driving the tractor across the field is not useful work. It's what's going on behind that tractor. So it's the implement that you're pulling through the field. It's the work that's being done. 
to grow, you know, the food, the fuel, the fiber in that field. And so things that we look for are things like, how is that implement um, acting with the ground? How can we optimize the way it's interacting with the ground to increase yields and lower costs? How can we farm more sustainably thanks to autonomous, right? If the amount of time it takes to go through a field isn't a cost anymore because you don't have a driver in the cab, what can you do? How can you be more efficient with your fuel and inputs? Those are the really exciting things. Definitely. And where are your autonomous tractors currently operating? Um, right now we're focused on primary and secondary tillage. So this will be, you know, your chiseling, ripping, disking, um, and then cultivating as well. And, and that that looks slightly different where you are in the country, what exact implement you're doing and how, how you think about bed setup and things like that. Um, but that's that's really what we're focused on. And so, you know, we control everything on the tractor to be able to do that. Not only Not only is it, of course, you know, like actually moving the machine safely, um, and making sure that it starts when you think it's going to start and stop when it needs to stop and controlling that implement. But then also uh, working on algorithms to monitor what's going on behind that machine, right? So what are the insights that we're gleaning? Um, what happens when we start to get soil buildup on that implement? Um, what happens, um, you know, when when we when we bog down um, and we get a ton of slip and our, our controllers go nuts? Like these are the things that a human deals with. An experienced tractor operator will deal with these things without really thinking twice about them. But it's incumbent on us to you know train the machine on how to do that as well. Um, we're working in California and Florida at the moment, um, and we'll have operations going again in Arizona this winter as well. And how many acres do you think that your equipment is farming right now? We work the largest grower in Florida and the largest grower in California, actually. Um, so we have tens of thousands of acres in our belts, those farms alone, and then as well as you know operations in Salinas, uh, more produce growers, you know. Um, those folks in Salinas Tillage can do up to 60 passes a year, six zero passes a year, which is phenomenal. And they do it nine months a year. Um, and so we're just getting at-bats every single day, perfecting our technology and delivering value to these growers. And can you walk me through how a tomato grower, for example, would work with Bear Flag? That's the cool thing about the startup, right? And if you ask me two years ago versus last year versus right now versus two years from now, it'll it'll change. But you know, one of the core um, principles of air flag when we founded it was get out in the field as early as possible. And so if you take your tomato, for example, and we would have been out there with our, you know, with our prototype, like side by side, and then out there um, with our 50 horsepower tractor, um, and then continuing to evolve, making sure that we were building the right product for that grower. And now we have a fleet of John Deere 8Rs, 400 horsepower machines that run day in, day out, but that's not always been the case. And in the very early days, we would be out there like just sort of nursing the machine through the field. Anytime something went wrong, we'd jump in and fix it. Um, but that's really helped our product journey um, quite a bit. We operated as a service, you know, in the very early days, it's like a 10 acre field, right? We'll take all day to get this 10 acre field tilled for you. Um, and now, you know, we do we do 10 acres, you know, in, in 20 minutes with our, um, you know, with, with our larger machines. And, and we do that all day long, but it was a service, right? And one of the big inflection points now is turning the reins over to the grower. So the grower isn't depending on a tillage service, but rather, um, they can use these bear flag machines in their own operation, use them as they see fit, which is ultimately where we need to be with the product. So in terms of how customers are learning to use the technology, do you, is there a process in place for that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the really exciting parts of working with John Deere is access to the dealership network. So, um, you know, the dealership channel is really one of the things that makes John Deere so successful. And so working with the dealerships to then enable customers and putting that playbook together um, for autonomous that will look different in the future. It's not a traditional, you know, um, equipment sale. There's a lot of support, you know, potentially some training too that goes into that. And so working with the dealerships to enable that will be key to our success. 
And that was something I had wanted to ask because I know during the press conference about the acquisition, Dan Leibfried with Deere said that their company is currently working with its dealer network to figure out how they're going to interact with Bear Flag. And I was wondering if you had any updates on what that's going to look like. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the exciting parts, right? Um, like I keep saying, the opportunity landscape is so big, right? We have a ton of opportunity. I think the real opportunity here, the challenge will be to stay laser sharp focused so we can keep moving forward quickly, right? There is just so much to do. And um, I know, uh, you know, my conversations with leadership really establishing what we're going after and how, how we're going to deliver the most value to the grower in that specific space will be key to that. When might dealerships have retrofitting options for that they can offer to customers? for bear flag technology. Yeah, so we're working on that actively right now. Um, we, um, you know, that's that's really where we're going as quickly as possible. Um, you know, I think I think timelines are still, um, you know, still still being developed. I know timelines are still being developed, but certainly that's what we're working for, towards as quickly as possible. And then what, do you know what that would look like in terms of the type of equipment they're getting, the support, all, like everything from of wanting to buy the product to then operating their tractor out in their field. Yeah, so that's the really exciting part, right? It comes back to how do growers want to consume the technology? How do they want to pay for it? How do they want to service it? How do they want to be supported? How do they want to operate it? And we have um, we have a pretty strong idea for what that looks like, but that's that's the that's the work of what we're doing right now, working with you know, our first um, you know our first set of customers is really exploring that and putting a finer point on those things you just mentioned. Um, you know, certainly. Um, certainly, we have ideas around um, how growers want to interact with their autonomous equipment and the control they want to have and the things that they want to be able to control and the things that they really don't care about and want someone else to deal with. Um, but those are the those are the hypotheses that we're, we're going out um, right now to, to verify. And so far, what have you heard from the growers about how they want to approach that? Oh, I mean, it's like, how soon can you be here, right? Um, and I think really the exciting part is understanding, you know, having the conversation about, hey, listen, like previously you had this tractor that needed a human in it um, and the tractors are incredibly sophisticated, but fundamentally they needed a human. And so you needed to think about your equipment purchase and your, and, you know, and your labor force. Um, and those were fundamentally, um, you know, interlocked. And now when you can think about how the equipment's going to work and you don't have to interlock it um, with the labor force constraint, you know, what else can you do? How else can you think about that? What other operations does that unlock? Like, how do you think about time to completion in a field when you're not um, paying hourly for that, you know, that person to be in there? That's not your time, um, but um, but it's the machine's time. Like, those are those are the exciting parts. And what do you see as where you can provide the most value to growers? I mean, tillage is a great start, um, but really it's just a start. After that, we have chemical applications. Um, harvest support, you know, even planting eventually too. We'd like to, you know, we see a future where a grower uses, you know, autonomous at every stage of the growing life cycle, and then can link the data that they're getting from those different stages of the growing life cycle. Right now, if we do your fall tillage, and then we do your bed setup, and then we cultivate, we can see how the data we're collecting around soil density and, you know, the, the, the elements that we're picking up from our sensors relates to what, how that transpires over the winter to the spring. And then when we're cultivating, we can actually look at canopy volumes and see, you know, crop growth related to those other stages of the growing life cycle. Like that's really exciting. That's, that's something that doesn't exist to growers today. That's insights that they don't have that we're able to give them. And then they could use that to either 
you know, do more chemical application or do lighter tillage or do heavier tillage in certain areas, um, or think about planting different sorts of crops that will be more resilient to the conditions they're seeing in these fields based on the based on the, the, the insights they're getting directly out of their fields in real time. What would be next in the development of bare flight technologies as you're thinking about what other things could be automated? Oh yeah, I mean the sky's really the limit, right? And that's that's what it comes back to, right? If um, if we can go from a uh, you know spring tillage to planting to cultivating to um, you know where they in in the crops that you cultivate in um, to chemical application to harvest to fall tillage, um, I mean that's that's the vision, right? We want to we want to enable growers to be as productive as possible, and not only be productive as far as solving their you know labor availability crisis, but also then um, gleaning the insights. Um, from those fields, you know, the mission of Bearflag is to reduce the cost of growing food while increasing global food production through machine automation. You know, that's that's a mouthful, but that's what we do and that's how we think about it. Um, and so everything we do moves us closer to that goal. Hi, it's Michaela again. I'd like to invite you to join me and the rest of the Precision Farming Dealer team for the next Precision Farming Dealer Summit. This two-day event brings together the top precision farming equipment dealerships from around North America for a mix of general sessions featuring top industry experts, profit-boosting dealer-to-dealer panels, and highly interactive roundtable discussions. Register today at precisionfarmingdealer.com to join the brightest minds in precision farming. You'll leave with a roadmap for implementing ideas and technologies for precision farming, retailing, and servicing success. Hope to see you there. Now let's get back to the conversation with Egino and hear his thoughts about the future of farming and how Bear Flag is working toward that. What kind of skill set is it going to take for someone to operate Bear Flag's technology? So that's something we talked about quite a lot, right? There's two sort of like major opportunities at bear flag the first is the obvious one which is how to develop this technology that um, can you know run safely you know as well or better than a human can in the field but the other incredible opportunity where i spend a ton of my time is how do growers want to consume this technology how will they interact with it how will it deliver value to their farm in a way that they can recognize and appreciate i mean a huge part of that is not needing to retrain their workforce if you need like a robotics degree to operate a tractor that's going to fail like growers don't want that right this needs to be as simple as you know opening your iPhone, um, and that's that's really what we're going for here. Is like how can we integrate to the existing skill set and the existing expertise of a grower in order in order to help them leverage autonomous tractors as, as much as possible? What kinds of conversations have you had with growers about uh, developing this technology in a way that's intuitive and easy for them to put it on their tractor and get going right away? Yes, I mean that's that's exactly you know why we're out there early, right? Um, um, in the very earliest days, it was very you know duct tape and bailing wire together, right? And um, there's so much love that was needed to even get that tractor to start going, right? Um, so when we started engagement with the grower, we'll we'll give their foreman the you know, um, you know Android tablet so they can monitor the operation going on. And the cool thing about those Android tablets is that you don't need an instruction manual, right? This is all so easy to do right you're like oh this is my path and this is where it is and this is the speeds and here are the video feeds and i can tell everything that's going on with that machine and if it sees an obstacle or has a fault or something goes wrong in the operation it's going to stop and it's going to tell you why um and um it, it really is like you know falling out of bed easy um and that's that's what we're going for like that's that's our mark of success um, i don't think i've ever 
explained or even written down how to use our app. Um, it's just like, you know, plain as day easy. And that's super important. It's not easy to do, right? It's not easy to make that. I think we've been, um, you know, very humbly and modestly, I think we've been pretty successful there. Yeah, and it seems as though Deer has definitely recognized that with wanting to acquire your company, they see value in it and see exponential potential to move it forward. Yeah, we're, we're certainly excited about the future. One of the coolest things about working with John Deere is the shared vision and mission that we have. We couldn't be more thrilled or excited to be here at Deere and, and working on building the future together. What are some of the, the goals that your two companies share in terms of precision agriculture? I mean, it just com- it comes back to increasing productivity for the grower. How can we add value back to the grower? One of the things that we've known all along and Deer's known all along is that growers don't invest in technology for technology's sake. There's no cool factor to having you know, neat technology. Like Growers really, um, they invest in things that deliver value. Um, and we, we know that at our core and so does Deer. And so constantly making sure that the technology that we're developing to, to deliver value to them actually does that. Um, it's, not, it's not a cool new widget um, or something that looks really slick. It's something that actually delivers value to them. And um, that's, that's one of the reasons that we're so aligned here with leadership as well. Talking about the acquisition, how did those conversations between your companies first start? Well, yeah, I mean, we've known Deer for almost since the inception of the company. We were in John Deere's startup collaborator in 2019, I forget. Um, I mean, we got to know all the people that we interface now, you know, with today, right? Like, um, so I report to Dan Livefried, and I, I met him three years ago um, in Urbandale, right? As you know, while we were still figuring out a lot of things with the company, and Deer was immensely helpful to us in our journey. Um, and I think one of the things we did well was bring them along for the ride and sort of expose some of the learnings that we were having in the field. And I think they were impressed with their progress. Um, you know, we um, we moved remarkably quickly, but we were also always eager to um, share learnings with them and get their feedback. And they've been immensely helpful to us even before the acquisition, of course. And so when they approached us to ask if we'd be interested in joining forces, it was kind of a no-brainer for us. We were like, yes, this not only um, not only is this um, you know strategically where we want to be with the market leader, but we also know you're on a human level um, and we know that our cultures align, our values align. Um, and so it was really a no-brainer. Do you recall some of the areas where Deer was offering you guidance that helped you get to where you are now? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, they uh, they shared some, you know, they have, you know, the largest or one of the largest, not the largest customer bases of growers in the world. And they have a lot of insights to where these growers would really value autonomous. Um, and they shared they shared a lot of that with us. Um, and, you know, really happily, it was um, it was confirmatory rather than like mind blowing. Right. Like it was like, oh, we also see the world the same way. And so a lot of the core assumptions we've made um, seem seem to hit here. Um, but there was also a lot of nuance there, too. And um, to their credit, they were extremely um, they were extremely open with that. They wanted they, you know, they wanted us to see, succeed, too, um, so that we could learn the lessons and um, we could be out there sort of um, sharing what we've done with them. And like, listen, I'd say this very transparently. We make, we make mistakes every every day, right? We we move forward as quickly as possible. We, we make good on our mistakes. You know, we always do right by the customer. Um, and we endeavor to never make the same mistake twice. But that's part of the process, right? And that, that process is really valuable. And so um, I think we were also pretty transparent with Deer about missteps we've made and things that we, we don't think will work. Um, and I think they valued that transparency too. What is an example of a mistake that you've made that ultimately you use to further the product? Yeah, um, I think, um, you know, I, I think areas about, you know, 
applications. Um, you know, sometimes we've got, you know, we've, we've pursued opportunities um, that probably didn't, didn't make sense from a larger perspective, but we did them because um, they were right in front of us and, you know, realizing that that wasn't a good place to invest time and unwinding them pretty quickly and, and moving forward. Um, you know, in hindsight, it's obvious, but when you're in the thick of it um, and you have, you know, a huge customer that's asking you to go do this thing, um, the temptation from a startup perspective is you have to say yes, right? Um, so we probably chased a couple technical initiatives that, that didn't make sense for a long-term roadmap, but we learned a ton from it and we were able to mind it without missing expectations from growers. Were they technical in terms of what the equipment was going to do or what did that look like? Yeah, it was sort of, you know, corner cases of you know, how, how the tillage operation will work insofar as, you know, what bed setup would look like in this particular farm, what, how we need to change you know, our technology to, to address this corner case. Um, things like that, right? Where um, I think we might have lost sight of the big picture, um, and you know, those are, those are things that will happen, right? And um, very, very open about that. Um, but it's not always obvious when you're in it, right? It's not always obvious when you're in the thick of things. Um, and so, um, taking a step back, um, looking at like what, coming back to the, you know, who, what, where, why, how, um, and just really getting clear on where we're going. Um, it's been especially important. Definitely. And now that you're a subsidiary of Deer, what does that look like for the future of Bear Flag? Yeah, so we're our own. We're still, you know, our own group, right? Um, my title is CEO of Bear Flag Robotics. Um, obviously, you know, we are a subsidiary. I'm going to work exceedingly closely with ISG um, and with Deer, uh, but um, we're, you know, we're still recruiting. We're still hiring. Um, we're, we're, um, we're we're excited about the future. We're building our product. In terms of the tractors that Bear Flag is compatible with, you mentioned that now it's strictly John Deere since the acquisition. Is that's the plan moving forward, or are there other tractors of different makers that are still using it? Yes, I mean that's the exciting part, right? The opportunity landscape is really large. Obviously, John Deere is the market leader, and you know they have material market share around the world, and so there's a huge opportunity with existing green tractors, which is what we're focused on, but. Um, certainly as the need and opportunity arises, that's the cool part of the technology is it can go on to any tractor, right? It doesn't need to be baked in um, to the, you know, to the core machine itself. And so that's an opportunity that is ahead of us if we choose to pursue it. And do you think that we are going to see a future where all new John Deere tractors come standard with bare flag technology? You, you know, what that looks like as far as what the, what the products branded or the long-term vision um, is TBD right? These are these are still early days, and we're you know we're finding our way. Um, I think there is absolutely no question. There's a future where um, John Deere equipment is autonomous, um, you know, out of the factory, and I think that day's a lot sooner than anyone anyone would appreciate. What is your best guess of when we're going to be fully autonomously farming? Yeah, I mean, here, so here's the thing with the fully autonomous farming that. The, Awesome and incredible thing about agriculture is the you know the, the landscape is so broad. There's so much involved in um, you know farming and different crops and different operations in different regions and different constraints. Right? I think there's an exceedingly long tail of opportunity there. Um, one of the things that we're knocking off for the big blocks, right? Like how can we have the most impact to the broadest swath of folks? Um, but as far as you know, this idea of you know global lights out farming where humans don't really touch crops anymore, I think. I think it's a cool idea, but we're probably still a ways away from that when you think of all the long tail of agriculture. 
Yeah, and all of the the different roles involved with bringing a seed from the ground all the way to the food on your table. Oh, exactly. And I mean, too, like not to take away from it, right? Like autonomous tractors are a tool for a grower. They don't replace the grower by any means, right? Like the, uh, the, the tractor is smart and it can do the job, but it still needs, you know, that grower with, you know, many decades of experience and um, the context and the decision-making and the ability to farm to, to tell it what to do, right? Um, it's, it's still a tool um, that a grower uses. What do you see as the future of farming? Yeah, I mean, once again, it just comes back to how to increase yields and lower costs, right? Um, growers are faced with increasing challenges, whether it be, you know, labor availability or, um, you know, dynamic weather conditions or market, you know, changes, um, you know, all sorts of, you know, cost fluctuations in the supply chain now. Like, these are all the challenges, um, you know, a successful grower has to overcome. And if we can be a part of making their lives easier and their lives more productive and adding certainty to their operation, I think that's a big win. Definitely. And I know this isn't agriculture specific, but in any industry that's talking about automation, there's the question of what happens to the people that the automation is replacing. And I'm curious to hear what you think will be the human impact of driverless or autonomous tractors and autonomous farm equipment. There's this huge uh, myth in you know, from outsiders to agriculture that there's a, you know, if, if someone, someone on the farm like leaves or walks off or, or changes jobs, that there's this like long, robust line of farm workers just like ready to go. And that just couldn't further from the case, right? Um, the, the folks that work on farms, you know, the equipment operators know the operation, they're easy on the equipment, they're dependable. Um, they, you know, they, 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 they care for what they do and they're some of the most valuable members of that staff um, and when it becomes increasingly hard for the growers, you know, the, um, you know, the leadership of these farms to find new labor, like that's a huge problem. And so, you know, rather than any sort of idea of us, you know, replacing labor, we're, we're simply augmenting what already exists. We're giving, you know, we're multiplying the productivity of the existing um, farm labor, which is not, you know, which is going one direction, right? Like um, we have all sorts of macro issues like urbanization, right, um, that are, pulling you know workers out of these um, these agricultural jobs and so I see you know one of the one of the main value adds to verify is increasing the productivity of the folks still working at the farm you know the opportunity landscape is so large um, the the, um, the the possibilities we have in front of us are endless and it's a really exciting time to be a verify um, you know we are we're growing the team um, you know immensely here over the next 6 12 18 months and if there's anybody that's interested in building a future with us we'd love to we'd love to chat you can reach me um, you can reach us um, on our careers page, and we have a, a, a tremendous number of, of openings, and we'd love to talk to people who are interested in working with us. Yeah, it sounds like a great opportunity for anyone who's interested in being at the forefront of autonomous agriculture. I really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks, Nicola. I really appreciate um, chatting as well. If you're interested in learning more about those job opportunities at Bear Flag, we have a link in the story on our website. Just click on this episode at precisionfarmingdealer.com slash podcast. Let me know what you thought about this episode and the topics we discussed. You can email me at mfaulkner at lessetermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. You can also keep up on the latest precision practices impacting your dealership today by registering for a free PFD daily newsletter. 
Go to precisionfarmingdealer.com to sign up. I hope that you'll join us again for the next episode in our 2021 podcast series. For Gino Cafiro and all of us here at Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Associate Editor Michaela Pogner. Thanks for listening. Thank you.